0: Hello, and welcome back to the Finlay Carmichael PT podcast. In today's episode, I was joined by Ryan Atkin. Now, Ryan Atkin, if you don't know him already, is a, a glute specialist, and we went in-depth on things like the best exercises to use for glute growth, the common sort of mistakes that Ryan sees, and a whole lot more, and I, I'm really glad that Ryan came onto the show because um, more and more girls have the goal to to build a better derriere. Um, so yeah, it was really good to get Ryan on and, and have a good discussion about how to do that. So um, please feel free to share this on your stories and give us a tag. Please feel f- free to leave a review. But other than that, I will leave you to it. I hope you enjoy the show. Ryan, hello and welcome to the podcast. How are you doing?
1: I'm great, thank you Finlay. How are you?
0: I'm very well. How's weather down in sunny Glasgow?
1: Sunny Glasgow, it's um, it's not been too bad. actually. I've just been out for a walk, um, listening to a podcast on my walk. Ed Milet, I don't know if you've heard of him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, half an hour podcast talking about this month actually being a, a big month for entrepreneurs and business owners and just People in general, um, separating yourself from the rest. So it was a good podcast, and yeah, the weather's dry, so it was quite
0: a nice. good podcast. good. Didn't didn't get soaked then?
1: No, not not today.
0: <laughs> good, good. Um, so before we dive into dive into anything else, let's start with the most important things, and that, and that's uh, coffee. So I know you're a big coffee fan. Um, any favourite blends of Nespresso that you like?
1: Oh, um. The best one I've bought is. Do you know what's funny? So many people ask me. That's probably the, genuinely the most, <laughs> most commonly asked question. Ask yeah. What What coffee machine is that? Or what What's yeah. the best coffee to buy? Um. It's. I would say Cocoa Truffles my favourite one. Um, yeah, I'm a
0: big fan of that one.
1: Yeah, it's really nice. Um.
0: We could go on all day about. <laughs> I know. Vanilla. Let's do another podcast. Uh,
1: <laughs> full podcast on it. But yeah, I'm actually having a coffee break for a week um, just because I feel like I've got pretty addicted to it. I've been reading in the morning and I feel like I'm, I need coffee and I actually don't. So I'm trying to separate, my, separate myself from it for a week and see how it can.
0: Yeah, I think it's very easy to, to get addicted to it, isn't it?
1: Very, very. And it's like a comfort thing when I'm reading. I feel like, do you know what? I need this coffee because I'm going to feel nice and relaxed. But... Yesterday I was actually quite agitated, but today I feel much better um, I'm going to do it for a week. So Yes,
0: um, Wean, weaning yourself off it. <laughs> um. So for anyone who, who doesn't know you or, or isn't sure what you do, do you just want to go through and explain who you are and exactly what you do?
1: Yeah, perfect. So my name is Ryan Atkin and my coaching brand is Atkin Coaching. Um, I work in Hillington out of Commando Expert, one-to-one with clients, and I also work online. Um, I work with MTN Coaching, and I run glutes classes in person and online. I've got glutes ebooks and actually previous fat loss ebooks as well. My main focus with clients is, um, generally clients will come to me and ask regarding fat loss, muscle building, and more specifically and more recently glutes, and that's something that I've really dived in on over the past well, year I suppose.
0: Yeah. yeah, is it about year you've a year you've been focused on that?
1: Yeah, I'd say a year now. Um, since we went to America, and myself, David, and Dale, who were part of MTN, we visited. I dropped um, Brett Contreras, the glute guy, the renowned worldwide glute guy, um, a message to see if we could go and visit his gym. And to be honest, when you've got a million followers, I have like no chances of you getting back to me while we're here. Um, and he did and just had come along so we went and we trained and it was just a good um, feeling to be in there and see what he does and the, the glute squad as he calls it and what he's got going on over there and it's something that I really want to dive in on and I have done the last year and lots more to come I think. That.
0: What, what are, what are the, some, some of the big things that you took away from, from visiting the glute lab?
1: From the glute lab, just the whole like community feel that he's got going on, I think, was the main thing I took. Obviously, the equipment and the different things in there, I was like, wow, you don't get this in other gyms. Do you know what I mean? In normal commercial gyms or even gym independent gyms back home. and um, and more for me it was the community feel that he has this this group of of girls who are so committed and motivated, in phenomenal shape, by the way. And his methods clearly do work. And yeah, just to see that They all respect him, he respects them, and they're all working towards a common cause, if that makes sense. And it is glute-specific training. So
0: Yeah, I think that's a big part of the like I've I've said it in previous podcasts and stuff that but a community is a a massive thing. And if you can create a community where um it's not just like one person doing their own thing and it's it's the whole group of of people trying to move towards something together. Uh I think I think that creates like a massive, a massive buy-in. Yeah. Um so Just diving into a little bit more glute-specific. So what are some of the main exercises and sort of movement patterns that that you might include for someone, especially a female, looking to change their their bum and and build their glutes?
1: Yeah. Um, So you've got four real main movement patterns that I'd always cover and it's something I do with my one-to-one clients and program into online clients programs as well. If that's the goal, that's not everyone's goal, but if a lot nowadays are saying or oh, abs, glutes, that type of thing, or yeah. general fat loss, whatever it may be, or lean muscle building. Um so the four main movement patterns are um I like to cover squat and lunge. So that kind of comes under one bracket. You've got hinge, and then you've got bridge, which covers like your hip thrust and your glute bridges. And then you've got abduct, which is your abductions. In terms of exercises for each of those, um, the, the, there's loads. But for the squat and lunge, obviously that's self-explanatory. You've got squat, lunges, reverse lunges, um, walking lunges, all different types of squats. And then for your hinging, that's things like your remaining deadlift, um, hyperextension, things like that. Um, What's next? you bridge bridging, so that covers glute bridges, hip thrust, single leg glute bridges, single leg hip thrust, and um, frog pumps, all those sort of things. And those I'd say are the, the main focus, and they work your glutes differently. So your bridge movements are going to shorten your glutes, and that's where you'll feel what I like to say people is you'll feel that that squeeze. You'll be able to squeeze your glutes in a bridge yep. or a hip thrust, whereas a squat or a lunge, you're actually stretching and lengthening the glutes, which causes like muscular damage. So that's why the next few days, if you've been lunging more in the session, you're probably going to be sore. Whereas uh, because you're breaking down them fibers, whereas um bridging it's just shortening the muscle and contracting it's not going to be that sore and you can do it more often. So that's why I tend to say to let's say on my online clients or my ebook in my ebooks is you can hit those three times a week really. Yes, you might do one heavy day one medium day and one banded day for example you'll mix it up but you can your glutes can take a lot of volume the the biggest muscle group and then of course you've got abduction which um, most girls especially will know the machine the abduction machine Um, and then you've got banded abductions sideline abductions things like that so there's loads to cover and i could go on all day with exercises but yeah hope that explains that yeah
0: yeah it, it does really help and uh I think the the biggest thing is getting a variety, and I think now, obviously, with with hip thrusts growing and like um, becoming more popular, I think everyone sort of knows that one. But it's yeah. it's those sort of four different areas and and getting a good variety of them in. Yeah. Um, as for for squats, like that, I think that used to be a big one that people would think that was that was the biggest glute grower. Um, yeah. Like, how much benefit do you think squats have into it?
1: See, everyone's opinion is different on this, and
0: yeah, that's right. That's-
1: I, do, I do, I do think it definitely has, like, it hundred percent has its place. As I've just said, there it works your glutes in a different way, it stretches them, it breaks them down. Um, but for me, and um, I, I just feel you get much better feeling and benefit and mind to muscle. You're able to really connect in a hip thrust with your glutes in that shortened position, which generates the most muscle growth. So. For me, it's one back from hip thrust. You'll get people who will be listening to this going, No, nah, squat. But, <laughs> but that's like Brett Contreras in America. He gets that all the time and he's always preached the hip thrust and he's proven that. He's the guy with the most results yeah. in the world. And um, same with Mark Carroll. I don't know if you follow him. Yeah. He's the same and he goes on about, Yes, all his clients squat, but in terms of growing your glutes, hip thrusts are the number one. But hip thrusts aren't for everyone. So I have had some clients who literally I've, I've perfected the form i'm getting everything right and they're just not connecting so sometimes people prefer like glute bridges from the floor or feet elevated glute bridges and if you're going to get say say that has to be higher reps for a feet elevated glute bridge say you get 80 percent of those 20 reps say i don't know 15 reps you really feel it in your glutes relative to doing a hip thrust where you don't feel any reps you're going to choose that do you know what i mean so you need yeah. to be wise about what you choose
0: yeah yeah it's just an interesting one because i've i've heard both sides for for squats and uh, i i've got to say i like i I would be on your side where um yeah like hip thrusts would be the number one and then everything else like underneath that and what about um sort of what are some of the benefits of adding um so if you're doing reverse lunges adding a plate underneath the front foot what what might be the benefit of that
1: so that's increasing the range of motion, okay, and adding further stretch onto the glutes. So it's making that a little bit more difficult, um, and just a- a adding that extra range of motion to the to the movement. So that's something I do a lot, and um, to be honest with clients, is the deficit reverse lunges. Um, and again, if if let's say you're new to glute training, you just start with a reverse lunge. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. even a static lunge with a longer stride and um, distance between your feet. Um, so there's ways to build up to these things. I would definitely say that's a more slightly more advanced one. I'd never give that to a total beginner. Yeah. Say, um, same with a walking lunge. As much as you see so many people doing it, not everyone can walk in lunge straight away. Yeah. Do you know? So. You to- yeah,
0: it's it's quite an advanced advanced move, and even that. Um, but yeah. I think I think with the sort of front foot elevated, I think um, it's also really good for that variety, isn't it? And it saves sure. you just yeah. constantly doing reverse lunges the same way. Yeah and uh sort of mixing things up and for for someone who's maybe a sort of intermediate level they've got a good idea of what they're doing um and let's say they were going to the gym five times a week how might you lay out their training
1: uh, in terms of glutes training so yeah, so what would yeah. i do um i would program what i would ideally do on that front if there was did you say five days a week
0: yeah probably yeah five days a week
1: five days so i'd go um they'd be doing lower body three times and two upper bodies. So I'd have for the upper body, it'd be an upper pull, let's say. So that'd be uh, posterior. So your back focused, um, and then upper push, which is like your shoulders, chest, or area and triceps. Um, but then the three glutes days, as I've said there, you could go in on a strength day and do like a heavy hip thrust day. Um, what I like to do as well, actually, is like focus certain months on certain lifts. So maybe one month will be a hip thrust focus month, and then the next month we move on to sumo deadlifts. Then the month after that we move on to squats or whatever it is. Yes, we're still doing hip thrusts as well, but then squats take a priority. Do you know what I mean? So it's Yeah, changing
0: up. the priority of the...
1: Exactly, yeah. And then so for the other two days, probably a moderate day in terms of load, and then we'll do like a higher rep light yeah. and maybe, uh, maybe a banded hip thrust and hyper extension,
0: reverse, things like that. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, rep. I think a big thing to take away for the for the listeners is it's just getting some a good amount of variety in. And you're not just constantly doing um, like three sets of five heavy hip thrusts and it's, yeah. it's getting a good variety between the, the lower reps with a heavier weight and then moving up yeah. through through that sort of weight and rep range. Um, so what are some of the some of the sort of common mistakes that you see when it comes to women trying to change their glutes
1: well you've just said one there actually focusing on <laughs> um like one thing being very one-dimensional in your training and just going and thinking hit thrusts are just going to change your glutes drastically doing three sets of five five sets of five whatever it is you need to be covering all four bases as we mentioned earlier so that's <clears throat> squat bridge Uh, hinge abduct and that's going to help you massively so try and cover all bases and if you if you are someone who can go and cover three lower body days then great if if you can only do two then split that up how you how you feel necessary and mistakes in terms of exercises probably the most common one for hip thrust and it's a question i get asked a lot is um let me think so low maybe lower back pain a lot of people are over arching the lower back so hyper extending and basically bringing the back into it and sticking the chest yep. up do you know what i mean yep. so a common correction for that is just keeping your chin down on your chest looking forward and trying to think about keeping your rib cage down and just driving from your belly button to your hips up so to speak yep. um another one let me think a romanian deadlift for example that's a hinge exercise people go too far down you should really go as far back as your your bum goes, essentially. So if you're going to go any further, then you're going to, like, lumbar flexion, which kind of arches you back the other way. Um, and one more thing, kind of a different take on this, would be common mistakes. People compare too much to other people. Like, you might be a mum who's got very little time, you're busy with work, you can only train three days a week, So, but you're comparing yourself to someone who's going in six times a week. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. your results are probably going to, different you've got a different life different body shape you're five foot nine they're five foot like people compare too much and i'm like why i've had clients do it before and actually the other day i was speaking about it and we was laughing saying can't believe you used to compare to someone who was half the height of you like yeah a different shape
0: yes yeah. yeah, it's, it's just understanding like what your goals are and and what you can achieve and um i think a lot of people might like see social media and and beat themselves up and and feel like they're not doing well enough because they're seeing someone else do do whatever it might be yeah but like i think people more and more people should try and see it as inspiration rather than using it as like bringing themselves down yeah um, trying to use it as, as motivation
1: definitely yeah
0: um as for, I know you said about um, someone who sort of struggles for time, what would be the, the sort of minimum number of sessions that you would try and get someone to do a week?
1: Um, I've, I'd always say three is an ideal, um, yeah. like overall. So you maybe do three full body sessions or um, a full body upper and a lower. That would be ideal, I'd say. I mean, you know what, if you can only do two, then you can only do two. Then you find out where you... you you start walking more outside the gym, you, you focus on bettering your sleep quality and quantity, you focus on drinking enough water, minimising that. Do you know what I mean? So you've got to do it on your lifestyle and this is why I always say you should only ever compare to yourself yesterday. Do you know what I mean? Don't
0: stop yeah.
1: comparing to other people. Like It is a bad game to be in. You're never going to be that other person. So compare to yourself, that's it.
0: Yeah. And just, just one last thing on the the exercise side of things. I know you, you mentioned Romanian deadlifts. Do you get um, like your clients to do a lot of conventional deadlifts as well? Um, really, it depends. I try
1: both conventional and sumo with clients and see which the client prefer. Um, most of my clients I have doing sumo deadlifts actually, and um, there's a couple that prefer conventional. But I just when when we first start out deadlifting, and I'm trying to get to grips with where everyone's at. Um, that's where we kind of make a judgment, right, we're going to zone in on sumo deadlifts or whatever. And in terms of glute development, each to their own, that's another debate whether you think sumo or conventional works. And more you'll have people say conventional, but I'd probably say sumo, to be honest. That's my personal opinion.
0: Yeah, and and would you in, try and include like Romanian deadlifts more frequently than either conventional or sumo?
1: Yeah, i I, I probably say I actually... I do because a session plan for me would look something along the lines of hip thrust, let's say heavy hip thrust, then we'll squat, then we'll go on to remaining deadlifts and that's your three movements covered already and then after that it's kind of not your fluff work but kind of like your abductions, the rest of the session, the accessory work. Um, So yeah, I'd probably say you're right, I do program in more remaining deadlifts but then if we switch focus, from like squatting let's say for that month to deadlifts then deadlifts might come in behind um the hip thrust and
0: yeah like yeah again just just getting that variety in. Yeah. for for an average session what would you say like three to four or five main exercises and then um, into that sort of higher yeah. rep stuff
1: yeah i would say so you're looking at so we'll warm up. We'll act. We'll warm up five minutes. My sessions are an hour long. We'll spend five minutes activating, like some banded work or planks, and just getting the core ready as well. And then we've got fifty minutes. Then so we spend. I'd probably say yeah, three to four main exercises. So when I say main, I'm looking at like we've just said squat, hip thrust, remaining deadlift, and then we go on to your abduction work. Yeah, yeah, lateral banded walks. Yeah, your, your higher reps stuff. Your frog pumps to kind of finish. So, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I think I think it's quite a common another sort of common mistake is that um, if if people are doing their own thing and they've not had like someone to program for them, I think that they try and put a load of exercises in, and um, yeah, they they're not able to really push themselves on each exercise, and and they're going for almost like quantity rather than quality. So I think trying to be a little bit more focused and do less exercises, but really really focus on progressing them, I think yeah. that would really help.
1: 100% too much too you can do too much and like i probably say this is kind of a general rule of thumb um i probably say personally i do more than this um and i know some of the guys in the gym do but like with clients i probably don't do more than 20 sets in a session i'm just trying to think and even with online clients um yeah you're probably looking at anywhere between 14 and 20 sets per session yeah. Maybe up to twenty five now and then. Do you know what I mean? But not not more than that. And people try and do loads.
0: Yeah, but there the thing about those that is is that that's really like high quality sets yeah. compared to doing thirty sets of yeah. of quite like low quality and um low intensity.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah.
0: Um. So a a common sort of thing um, I see quite a lot, and I'm sure you do as well, is that especially females and and girls being worried to increase their calories um now in order to try and and build their glutes and and change how they look what would you you say around someone that's constantly trying to sort of stay in a deficit and and build muscle
1: yeah um i'd say go for it with the higher calorie I've, i've actually been through this the past few months with a lot of people and the benefits to you actually going into a higher calorie phase are not just in terms of muscle growth, you're gonna have higher chance of growing muscle and muscle tissue by being eating more. You're gonna have better day-to-day energy. You're gonna have better mood. You're probably gonna sleep better. You're gonna have better drive, sex drive, motivation. Like the the benefits to eating more foods. For a sustained period of time, are so beneficial. And then, let's say most people work for a hol- work out for a holiday. They do it's fact. And even myself, sometimes holidays motivate me. If I know I've got one in May, yeah, I'm, I'm right. Right, I, I've got eight weeks to cut before May. So why don't people just get used to eating more, training hard, building strength, better performance in the gym? Then when the holiday comes, if just gradually start cutting your calories back. Reveal all this extra muscle tissue you probably developed a better shape, and then go from there, like instead of being restrictive all the time, hating your life, enjoy the process more, enjoy the food, still control it and track everything, but just don't be so restrictive because your metabolism slows as well, do you know what I mean? If I've had people come to me and 1200 calories and I've been doing it for nine months, I'm like that's why you're not losing weight because you, your metabolism just dead right now, do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's almost like um, people see especially because of like social media and Instagram and things like that and the before and after photos I think a lot of people see now um as like health and fitness as that diet thing, and they think that they should be doing that most of the time and only going through these like maintenance or growth phases every now and then when when yeah. really I think it's the the other way around yeah um, and yeah like what what are some of the the issues you might see or some of the the sort of fears that you see when it when it comes to to people increasing their calories specifically
1: yeah good question um so it's it's the fear uh, especially with females of putting on putting on weight and something i always say to them is you you might have to accept that the scales go up between two and seven pounds or whatever it is but does that really matter when you think about the long picture in six months time when you're about to go on holiday, you've dieted back down and you've just be, like become this next level shape that you never thought you could get. Well that's because you finally ate calories and you you went for the food and enjoyed it. And do you know what I mean? Like
0: Yeah. yeah. So is there a is there a set point where you might try and um say to someone that you they should really try and increase and, and focus on building muscle rather than dieting?
1: um yeah to be honest if they've been in a calorie deficit for a long time um and maybe the weight's not changing i'd maybe slowly reverse diet and try and improve the metabolic rate and go that way or say they just a lot of the time when when like now for example is a great time i've said to a lot of people to be building muscle and to be focusing on because not many people have got much booked right now it's like right well now's the time just accept that Okay, you might not gain anyway. I've got a client at the minute who we've upped her calories to online clients. She's up to 2,200 or something, and she never thought she'd be eating that. She was like against that, and now she's up to She's not gaining the pound, but she's yeah. feeling better. She's performing better, and she's like, I never thought I could eat this much and stay the same weight. I'm like, do you know what? Some people don't gain weight, some might gain a little bit, but you're not going to see that. It's, it's up to seven pounds, you know what I mean? So think about the long term picture over short term. Feeling a little bit leaner because you're going to be even leaner next year when you. Um, yeah,
0: and look and look even better. I think that's a big exactly. part. Like yeah. the more the more muscle you have, like I, I know a lot of girls' goals is to look more toned, more defined, and the more muscle they have, the 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 better they're going to look. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and with with that client that you just said, was that like a gradual increase or was that yeah just yeah? So yeah. how many how many calories did they add in and like how how often?
1: Ooh, um, let me try and think. This is an estimate without me having my sheet with me. Um, she, I think we started on around uh, 15, 1,500 maybe. That's a rough estimate. And We've gradually worked up around 150 to 200 calories. Uh, so let's call it 1,700, 1,900, and now we're at 2,100. And I've told her, we're, we're going up. We're going to try and get up to two and a half plus if we can because yep. it's not impacting a weight so I don't see
0: yeah why wouldn't you know, you? Mean,
1: why wouldn't we? Um you want to eat more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Um and then just see how that goes long term, continue to build muscle and then I've said to a look we'll gradually bring them down when we get to a point where we feel we've built a bit of lean muscle. So yeah.
0: Yeah I think I think that's a, a key sort of takeaway being able to to eat more and still see progress. And as long as the, the scales aren't aren't going up the way or, or going up the way massively then they're all, like things are obviously working you're obviously getting stronger you're going to have more energy you're going to have all these benefits um, and it's the same when people are dieting I think people diet and then just drastically slash their calories whereas um, really I'm, I'm sure you'd agree that they want to be dieting on the, the highest number of calories they can. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the most common worries or or and frustrations that, that you come across.
1: I think the biggest one is the what we mentioned earlier, and that's definitely comparison and comparing yourself to someone who's who's different height to you, different body shape, different insertion points, like different, just completely different, and thinking that and feeling down about not getting into that kind of body shape they're in, and it's like you you don't you're not even the same shape anyway, you you yeah. built different and you, no one's the same person so that's probably the biggest thing is the, um, the comparison and it's the same on social media, people scroll through social media and think why haven't I got that and big thing that I do with my clients is I tell them to um, come off the phone an hour before bed and some of my online clients especially are doing very well at that at the minute it's help, actually helped the mental health a lot um, coming off the phone and then within the hour of waking up not being on it as well and actually focusing on things like this reading and gratitude and going out on a walk and you know doing things that are actually working here and benefiting here in your head and and not bringing you down
0: yeah I think the the gratitude things a big thing I've started doing more and more of that this year and even just even just taking a a quick write down of things you're grateful for or or things that you like are excited about or Things like that makes a massive difference to your yeah. to your headspace, and the same as like getting steps in and stuff i think a lot of people um see the the steps thing and, and getting out for a walk as purely just trying to burn more calories or whatever it might be in that respect but i think it really helps like uh, mindset and and headspace when you do get out and it allows you to to think and get some time to yourself yeah um So what would be your top three tips for someone looking to grow their glutes?
1: Grow the glutes. Um, Don't be afraid to train them, uh, like incorporate them as lower body days, obviously, but don't be afraid to train them three times a week. Do you know what I mean? It's your biggest muscle group. They recover very quickly. Okay, when you first start, they might be a little bit sore, especially if you're programming in things like we mentioned earlier, like your lunges and squats, because those are the things that are breaking the muscle down um so hip thrust three times a week hip thrust definitely and um, make sure you cover all four bases as we've just said so squat hinge bridge abduct and then third one ooh, consistency be consistent and don't expect results in four weeks uh, don't expect results in a couple of weeks don't expect results in sometimes three months You know what i mean everyone's different and um, sometimes people take a year to get where they want to be sometimes people take three years sometimes people take 12 weeks you know so um just keep going that's the most important thing and eventually it will pay off you just need to keep putting in the the work that's going to help you get there and um yeah
0: yeah i think a lot of people obviously are are aware of the the fat loss side of things and they've maybe seen like these transformations that might be eight weeks 12 weeks whatever it might be um in in a relatively short space of time but i think building muscle takes a lot longer than that like how how do you sort of um get your client's head around that and and how long might you might you say it would take to to see a good change in and growth
1: yeah it's funny you say that because i was actually i think i put something on my instagram maybe last week or the week before um about fat loss and me and you could me and you could get um a client, uh, fa- like, literally fantastic fat loss results, so to speak, in six weeks, if we say to them, look, you can't see your friends and drink any alcohol, you you get nine or eight, nine hours sleep a night, you're on 800 calories, which is ridiculous, by the way, I've never done this, but <laughs> 800 calories a day, you're eating enough protein, you're having no carbs, you're cutting back on every single snack, sugary item, and six weeks, I guarantee you've lost weight and you've probably dropped fat but they hate every single minute of it. Like, they will hate it. So it's about having that sustainability long-term with fat loss. And in terms of muscle building, that's even longer. I'd say you're probably looking at a good fat loss result might be anywhere between 12 and 8 and 20 weeks, whereas muscle building might be between three months and and a year to be honest so to get my clients head around that it's kind of just saying to them look, enjoy the process enjoy the fact you're going to eat more focus on the fact that you're getting stronger you're lifting heavier you're feeling better you're performing better you're sleeping better everything else is like better you've got better day to day energy levels and then do you know what accept as we said you may gain a few pounds but in the long run look how much like better you're going to feel and look and you know no
0: yeah, thinking thinking long term, and I, I think um, like I heard I heard someone say this other day, but you could follow something for six weeks and follow a hundred percent and see some really really good results, but then you could stop and then go go back to what you were doing before and and lose it all. Or you could sort of take a longer-term approach and um, find something that works for you that you can stick to, and then stick to that for the rest of your life. And I think that that second option is always going to be the yeah. the winner because yeah. it's going to allow you to understand how thing works and enjoy the process more than anything.
1: People are impatient, aren't they? They just want extra yeah. and I'm the same, and I think everyone is. Like you do want quick fixes, but you've got to think like, do you know what? If I can enjoy the process as well, it's not going to feel like I'm working that having to work that hard to get it
0: so yeah yeah definitely um any last words for the listeners before we finish up where can they find you and they can find me at
1: at at can coaching on instagram Um, so give us a follow on there if you've not already and something i'm doing and trying to grow this next year especially as my youtube channel i've started around three months ago so if you can check out acting coaching on youtube give us a subscribe thumbs up there's calorie challenges and all sorts on there that i've started doing so yeah that's my passion project i'm not getting anything for that it's just something that i want to to grow and i enjoy doing it you know so um see where that goes over the next few years and
0: yeah support is appreciated <laughs> how, how, how often do you do videos
1: so every two weeks, so two weeks. bi-weekly, I post a new YouTube vlog every other Sunday, essentially. Um, and I've got a great editor for that because I just don't have the time to be sat editing when I've got no. online clients, clients, other projects that I want to be planning and stuff. So um, yeah, but it's great. at filming it. I really enjoy it. And it's definitely something that I want to drive home over the next well, life really. So
0: yeah, I saw the <laughs> I saw the uh, the ten thousand calorie challenge. How was that?
1: Oh, horrible! I just had I just had bloody um, COVID as well, so I was like, <laughs> just gonna, let's just do it. And I was still <laughs> off work at the time. I've just finished my isolation, whatever it was, and then the day after, I was like, right, let's go for it. Worst decision I've ever made. Got <laughs> to about eight thousand of pure junk food. By the way, weren't I, weren't doing it like high calorie protein shakes or anything it was junk i thought i'd just get better viewers and stuff which it did actually um and <laughs> i just threw it all up i think i think it was like the 17 chicken nugget on my last meal just i just sat and i just went Phew. oh so now
0: nah, I'll, I'll get it next year <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's the challenge for next year
1: yeah
0: um cool ryan thanks very much for coming on i'm sure that i'm sure the listeners will have got a lot of value from that um and yeah i will catch up with you soon
1: thank you very much Finlay. yeah thank you it. cheers,
0: cheers.